feel like the word submit today is a really dirty, negative kind of word. You know, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying if you threw out the word submit in our society today, it would have probably more a negative context than a positive. And especially today, you look at the Ukraine and you have uh, two types of leadership. Uh, one that I think is good and the other one I think is crazy. Both leading Ukraine, one trying to. Yes, I'm talking about Putin. Okay. Um, and then I won't get specific, but throughout all the years in America, all sorts of leadership, some that you might want to submit to, most that you don't really want to, and most of them you don't think really have your respect or better judgment in mind. We struggle to know who we truly should submit to. And the problem in our society today is we think, well, if you're not good enough or you don't honor me or you don't respect me, why should I submit to you? Um, we struggle with who to follow. We struggle with who to respect. We struggle with who to submit to. And then let's go to marriage and let's go to the uh, marriage vows that, you know, I mean, I've got a pastor's book on stuff that has some traditional marriage vows. I kind of like those. It's not because it's one thing or another. They're just beautiful. But we all, some of us are old enough that probably our marriage vows had the word submit in it. And if we tried to throw that today out there, that would probably be X'd off the list. And we're all over the map on that. And again, when we think of marriage and we think of submitting or any kind of relationship, we think if you respect me, therefore I'll respect you, which respect and honor are a good thing. We're going to get into that, but let's just get real here. We struggle with submitting with people that are jerks. And you know what? There's a lot of times I can be a jerk. And you know what makes us all a jerk? <gasps> he called us a jerk. Build a bridge and get over it. Go to Genesis chapter 3. Guess what? We're all sinners. We're all broken. And on the our best days without Jesus, oh, I can be a big jerk. And I'm being nice on using that word. Again, God, we'll get into honoring and that God doesn't make junk and there's no junk here. We just got to get real. See, that's the problem. We're looking, if you are good to me, therefore I will submit to you. Well, any of you that using marriage as an example because it's God's beautiful picture of a relationship with a believer in God, you know, and if you've been married long enough, there's been times you've submitted or they've submitted and you weren't that nice. So there was another motivation going there. So we, we struggle who to submit to, who to respect. And like Jesus said, we can't, he was talking about money, but in general, we can't serve two masters. And it leads us especially with our revolutionary roots. I mean, we're, I mean, if we went to the theology of should we have balked up against England, and I'm glad we did, obviously. I can stand here and freely preach to you without recourse so far. You know, our revolutionary roots are we decided, hey, you know, taxation without representation, let's get rid of this ruler. And so in our American DNA, we kind of say what we think and want to do our own thing, and we've got a lot of wonderful freedoms, and I'm thankful for that, but that where the problem is sometimes is that stops us when it's time to submit. And we can choose to submit to our sinful selves or we can choose to submit to the Savior. And your action step today, the thing you can take home and chew on, submit to the Savior. Well, that's easy, Pastor. 
Well, let's see how he unravels that. And yes, your points are going to spell out the word submit. Okay? And so Peter, when we talked about last week, he ended on keep your behavior upright among the lost in order that God is glorified. That's the summary. And again, on Wednesdays, we're going over what I preached on. And boy, the, the podcast, I haven't given it to Dan yet. It's just like we're getting into the lust of the flesh and people just think it's talking about sex. Well, that's just two of those. There's a long list that covers all of us. And when he talks about abstaining from the lust of the flesh, he says you do this because you're saved. You don't do it to, to stay saved or to be saved because you are saved so that when the lost try to say bad of you, they can find nothing. And they point to, how is this person that's just as messed up as me, how are they going that direction? And so we keep our behavior upright. We do what is right among the lost in order that they point, we point to God, that God is glorified. Now Peter gets specific on how we're to do that. He said, act right, and so that even when the lost try to speak bad of you, they don't got any ammo. I'm abbreviating that. And now he's, oh, the next two weeks, and yeah, even the one I chosen in 1 Peter for Easter, it really applies. Next two weeks, he's going to get in our business on how specifically to do that. And we're starting with government. Oh, boy. God has some things to say about that, and it's part of our witness. And so let's pray because we're going to need it. <laughs> Lord, I thank you for this day. I'm going to admit it. There's so many times over past years it's like really that's not right and i'm thankful dear lord that we are able to vote that we are able to speak and that we are able to have freedoms but dear lord help us all to search our hearts now and to see where our witness has not been what it needs to be because we're not submitting to those that are over authority on us and dear lord help us to see the things where we go with you and the things where we need to go with the people you have put in place. And I just help us to reflect you, Jesus. In your name, amen. Okay, so I'm going to read this, and then we're going to go back and unpackage it. 1 Peter 2, verses 13 through 17. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God that by doing good to to you that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. Verse 17. Spoiler alert, that's your application right there. If you're chewing on stuff this week, that that's going to be the one Am I doing that? Am I submitting to the Savior by doing that? Just to kind of give me a heads up. But let's go back and look at the command in verse 13. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme. Notice he starts with the word be, our very being, who we are. It's not this is something I do, it's something I am. And in our sin nature, when I said that we're all jerks without Christ, in our sin nature, everything about it is about self and it's about not being subjugated. And then our history, which I'm thankful for as Americans, we threw off subjugation uh, and we chose freedom. But in God's economy, is not, God's economy is not a democracy. And it's not a republic. 
It's a theocracy. It's not even, it, it's, the, it's a benevolent in the sense of he is king and he is sovereign. We need to understand we're citizens of heaven before we're citizens of any country. And I am thankful that I'm in America. And we need to use those. And I believe we, uh, we have elections this week. And you know, if you don't vote, you need to keep your mouth shut. Oh, Pastor, you're being mean. You have a right that men and women have died for. And you need to vote. Didn't tell you how to vote, but you need to vote. Because guess what? In a lot of countries, they don't have that freedom. And we wonder why America goes down the moral slide. And I believe it's not so much with the voting. That's a, that's a part of it. But when people get saved and believers get right, guess what? We end, we end up making right decisions. So I encourage you to go vote this week. Didn't tell you how. Didn't tell you who. But if you're not going to do it, don't gripe. It's a freedom that we have. And I'm so thankful for that. But he's talking about our being. This is who you're to be. And then he uses the word subject. Uh, okay, put ourselves under. That's a military term. That means to arrange your life and to live under someone's command. Now we're going to see whose command that is. But so many times the original sin is I'm going to be the ruler of myself. I'm going to be my own king. I'm going to be my own queen. And he's saying who you are is to be subject, is to put yourself under, like in the military terms, under that leader. Second Timothy goes into, you know, that we are to be like those that are in the military, that we don't pay attention in the sense I'm abbreviating, it's Second Timothy 2, 3, and 4, but that we follow the commander. We don't worry about the peripheral. And so we'll get into that, but we need to ask yourselves that question. It means come to attention. And so your first fill in submitting to the Savior means we follow his command and we snap to and submit. I wasn't in the military, but those of you who are, there was time you get, you get it straight. Or if you had parents that did their job, you knew when it was time to snap to. And so the thing about it is, is he's saying, snap to, stop just going all over the place. He's talking believers here. If you don't know Christ, you've got a bigger problem. We'll get into that in a minute. But he's saying, believers, you need to, your life needs to be arranged under the fact that you pay attention. But let's go back to who do we pay attention to? Go on into 13, for the Lord's sake. We can submit because we ultimately are submitting to God. See, society wants you to snap to whatever the latest thing is. But here's the thing that settles everything. It's for the Lord. He's the only one worthy to submit to. And this is the problem we have. So many times we're looking to our fellow jerks. Oh, he's so terrible. He called us all jerks. Guess what? We're sinners. We're sinners. You know, it's like... We may be nice people, but without Christ, that's who we are. And so many times we're submitting to lesser things. We're snapping to, oh, if I don't do this, they won't like me, or they'll talk bad about me, or I might lose this. We need to submit only to the Lord. You go, well, what about other people? We're going to get into that. When you submit to God, everything else lines up in the right way. And so your next feeling, we submit because we are ultimately, your next feeling, because we're submitting ultimately to the Lord. I hope that helps you. 
You need to remember. I mean, I had to learn 1 Corinthians 2, 2, for I decided to concentrate only on Christ Jesus and his death on the cross. And Isaiah 26, 3, he will keep in perfect peace all whose thoughts are fixed on him. See, the problem is, is when we're focusing on the circumstances or we're focusing on our, uh, on our, on our fellow people and we don't see Jesus, we are not going to want to submit. But Jesus is worthy to submit to. Jesus is honorable, and Jesus is right. So who and how far are we to submit? Oh, I, I got it, Pastor. I need to snap to. I need to arrange my life that whatever Jesus says, he's the one I submit to. That's easy. Everybody else, forget him. Mm, Peter's getting in our business because he's getting specific here. And you're going to, again, this is not the pastor. You're going to have to wrestle with this one. Let's look at verses 13 and 14. But be subject to the Lord, uh, for the Lord's sake to some human institutions. I wish. That even means the DMV. Uh, I hate going into the DMV. I'm not against the people that work there. I just hate it. Okay. That's just one of my personal things. It's, I know it's weird, but it's like, you know, and I did get mad the other day, but I thought I kept it together, but my little sarcasm was coming out the side. I know it. Okay, but subject to the Lord's sake. Yeah, I, I, okay, don't chase that rabbit. Stay calm. Okay, be, <laughs> to every human institu institution. And some of these human institutions, they're, they're doing it from a distance, and there makes no sense on the rules that they lay out there. Okay, but man, why did he have to say every human institution, whether it be the emperor or supreme or the governor sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. Institution. Let's look at that word for a minute. These are, it, it looks like a building, a structure, authority that's created. And you can go to Romans and God says that he's created these human institutions. Whether somebody believes in, in God or not, Ten Commandments are a good thing. Because we know that half of those or part of those are dealing with man's relationship with man. And anarchy is not a good thing. But it's amazing to me what godless societies will follow most of the Ten Commandments in their rules and in their laws. God, Paul talks about that God instituted governments and authorities, and we're going to get into why. And so he's talking about this, that God created Structure. You see in Israel, when he brought about the nation of Israel, he created a really good government there. Yes, obviously he was king, and then they tried to vote him out, and we know that didn't work well. But the structure that he made for Israel that we see in the Old Testament is a really good structure on, on how to deal with illegal aliens, on how to deal with sickness, on how to deal with, with crime. It was, and, obviously, because it's God's structure. And the fact of the, he understood the sinfulness of man and having the, the accountability and the multipleness of judges and all that kind of stuff. So these institutions are created by God. Now, we know man is sinful. This is why we need checks and balances. And, you know, the structure of our government has three branches to balance each other when they actually do that. And when we're not aware of that, Again, not talking any political side, this is the establishment of our government. When those checks and balances aren't in place and we don't understand how our government was structured, this is the problem we're dealing with now. No accountability. Again, because men and women are sinful and without accountability. So God created these institutions 
and sinful people run them. And we need the accountability and the checks and balances. Well, he's getting into this stuff. Well, guys, guess what? 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is God-breathed and useful for instruction and for life. This is Scripture. This is not Russell. So God's saying, hey, I want you to submit and let's get specific. Because next week, wow, that's going to be a trip too. Because he's going to get into family. He's going to get into jobs and all this kind of stuff. So maybe that'll be easier than government. I don't know. This is great that this is tax time. I didn't plan it. Okay. But all right. Um, that's sarcasm right there. So anyway, notice he starts with the emperor. That means the top leaders. And I believe that we need to respect the office. And what we need to understand, I am so thankful in America that we have, for now, freedom of speech. I'm thankful that I can stand here, and, I, and again, if it's, if it's biblical, it's political, but I, I don't think in my history you haven't seen me gone on any sides, but when I do speak on something, like let's use the example of abortion, that is a, a God issue, and that is biblical, and I'm going to talk about it, and I don't care what you think, because it's not about me, it's about his word, and it's about life, protecting life at any stage. That's one example. But what we have to understand here is that we, there's been a lot of leaders throughout our lifetime that it's like, really? I didn't vote for that person, and so therefore, uh, okay, I'm a sire, okay? I said throughout our lifetime. I didn't name anybody in certain time. I got thoughts in my mind, but we won't go there. All right, but the thing about it is, is if that person shows up, whether we voted for them or not, we need to respect their office. We need to respect their position. And I believe this begins at home. Parents, grandparents, if children do not respect their family, they will not respect their teachers, they will not respect their leaders. And Proverbs says, if you fail to discipline your children, you aid in their death. And I'm going to add them. It's scary to add in the Bible. You might aid in the death of other people. I get it. There are people... And I'm thankful for an America that I probably could say, yes, I respect you, whoever, but I don't think you're doing a good job. But we've lost that. And we need to give that example. So he's saying here, every institution. So we need to respect whoever's in that office. Now, again, we're in America, and we have the freedom of speech, and we have the power of the vote, and we need to use it. But we need to have respect, and we need to respect the laws as long as they don't go against God's laws. So he starts with the, the emperors and those that are empowered, and then he goes into the governors, and you think, well, that's just the governors of the state. But when you look at that definition, those empowered under every level, at every level. So that means at the DMV. Civil authority is from God, and even though leaders may be godless. Think about that. Civil authority is from God, even though those leaders may be godless. And again, if they're doing ungodly things in their position, we need to call it out, and we need to do it in a respectful way. And I, having helped somebody through the past two years going through a legal process, I got a real picture of our our legal stuff going on in America, and I don't have much faith in it. I'm thankful for it, 
But we need to respect those institutions, but we need to work towards making them better. And we need to respect them because of who they are. Romans 13, 4 says this, For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. So a lot of times we look at the fact, are they a Christian? And that's great. I think Christians that are in public office or in, in positions of authority hopefully will do a better job. But we need to stop with just that line. There's a lot of godless people in positions of authority that we need to respect that, will, that are God-ordained to be there. Because notice what Romans says. It says, for he is God's servant for your good. Didn't mean they're a Christian. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath and wrong. God used Pharaoh, and Pharaoh didn't know God. You see what I'm saying? We're talking about the institutions and the people God puts in them and the fact of showing honor and respect. They're God's servants to carry out God's judgment here on earth, to punish, to avenge wrongs, to those who do evil, that bad doers or wrongdoers. And to those that don't, they, they, they praise. Look at Romans 13.3. And Romans 13.3 and uh, pray through 7 are a good thing for you to look at this week. But Romans 13.3 says this, For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. So if you go to the fruits of the Spirit, uh, Galatians 5, 22-23, the fruits of the Spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Notice what it says at the end. Against these things there is no law. Oh, it was kind. Oh, it was gentle. I was, uh, I was arrested. Well, you never know. There might be some reasons you did what was right. You followed God and you got arrested. But in general, if you follow God, a lot of times you'll avoid these people's punishment, the servants that God has put in place. Again, if they go against God, what we're dealing with in our society today, depending on what I say, and I can say it in love and from God's word, it'll be considered hate speech and there might be a bias and all this kind of stuff. That's the devil. And guess what? You need to focus on Jesus and submit to him and love people. Your next one, submitting to the Savior means we submit beyond our will to everyone. I know, even the DMV. Oh, that place, don't get me started. But <laughs> That's my kryptonite. Okay, but... but I got to go back next year. I don't, oh, don't chase that rabbit. Okay, but anyway, but you see what I'm saying? What does that do when we decide, I'm going to submit to you, but I don't like you because I got to pay these taxes? Well, guess what? We don't like taxes, and this is why I'm thankful that we've got, you know, a means to control taxes that are not worthy. But so, the, the road that you drove on, the lights that you have, there are things that these taxes pay for. The police, the fire, all these things, the school, these are good things. What it is, what, what it is, is when it goes beyond or it's, it's not for us. And again, we're in America and we can say, hey, no. But we need to submit to the structure God's given us. So why do we do this? Look at verse 15. For this is the will of God that you're doing good. 
doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. This is the why. The will. It's God's will. It's His desire. We please God when we submit to those that He has placed in authority. And by doing this, James 1.22 says, Be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. So many of us Christians are like, Yeah, I want to do what's right, and I believe this, and then our attitude among these people is not so good. Again, we're blessed to be in America where we can give our opinion, but we need to do it in a good and right way. And notice he says, he, he uses the word by doing good. Actions that benefit others. That we go out and we help people and, and, and the verses I've learned, oh, no man, anything except a, de except, except a debt of love for the one who loves fulfills the whole law. We owe to love people. You go on to Romans and he says your kindness leads to repentance. And so we, our actions need to benefit others. And you go back to Genesis where he says and everything God created was good. Because guess what happens? What we're dealing with now, if you've been kind, if you've been loving, didn't say that you, that you edged on submitting to God, that you edged on the truth, that when the lost come to say something bad of you, and, that, and we talked about the slander last week, the false things, but when they get into the heart of hearts, it silenced them. And they're like, I got nothing. That's the goal. God's saying here, for this is His will. His desire, it pleases God when we do good for others so it silences their ignorance. And I want to be clear, when he's talking about ignorance, he's not, we're not talking about people that are dumb. We're, when we're ignorant, I'm ignorant of a lot of things. When we're ignorant, guess what? We don't know. And the lost don't know. And all they're getting from Christians is what's out there. And most of it is junk. And then they meet you and they meet me one-on-one. -on -one, and we love them and we submit to authority. And we speak the truth and love as God leads us. And it silences their ignorance and they have the knowledge of God. They're not fools. They're not stupid. They're lost. And we have the words of life and death and so many times we... we sinful jerks instead of saints that follow and submit to God. And so he says that they, they don't got anything to say. They're silenced. And, and so your next fill-in, we submit to the Savior to make them speechless. Make them speechless. I don't like handing people ammo. And that what that means is yeah, people are going to think the wrong things or we're going to be lumped into stuff, but one-on-one, -on -one, when they leave you, they, regardless of what they're going to manufacture or regardless of what they've learned, I love it the fact that sometimes it happens to me, you're a pastor? Not because I did something bad that they did, but I, not because I'm embarrassed of what I've done, but because... They saw someone that loved them, that was kind, and guess what? When God let them do it, spoke the truth. We need to make them speechless, even, the, uh, even that the lost speak well of us. So that's what we're supposed to do. Let's look at the attitude. Uh, what are we really doing? How do we do this? 
Okay, look at verse 16. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. So, again, we talked about be our being, and how we're to live as free people, not burdened by sin. John uh, 8.36 says, If the Son of Man sets you free, you are free indeed. And so we are free. We may struggle with sin, but we're free to struggle. We're free to do good works, according to Ephesians 2.8-10. So we need to live as free people, and we need to be Again, we can't serve two masters and we can't be free agents because when we're free agents, we're going to do the wrong thing. And so when we, we talk about re receiving Jesus as Savior and Lord, we can't be in this free space after we become a Christian because guess what? We're sheep and there's a reason he calls us sheep because sheep are helpless without the shepherd. Go to John chapter 10. He does a whole chapter almost on it. So if you think you can handle it yourself, you're still in the sin nature and you're choosing self. And so, yeah, you're free. And in that freedom, you need to choose to be a bondservant. If we understand about bondservant, it was uh, slaves. We were slaves to sin that Romans talks about. And when we received Christ, we are now free. And those bondservants were slaves that had to earn back a debt. And when they earned back a debt, they were free. But they had such a good relationship with the master that they would willingly commit themselves to be the servant with the master. And this is what we are as Christians. We were slaves to sin, but now we've received Christ. And if you think you can lead yourself, you're leading yourself through sin. I don't know if you've really chosen Christ. And so we need to take our freedom and let God be our shepherd and our leader. Romans 6.22 says this, But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and it's in eternal life. And what he's saying here, and we don't like that word slaves, but we're servants of God if you want to use that. And the sanctification doesn't mean you're more holy or you're more saved. It's like you're, 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 you're becoming more like your creator. You're following God. And we know that that promise, that salvation leads to eternal life. And so we choose not to use our freedom, our free will, our liberty to cover up for sin. And I've seen so many Christians do that. Well, I'm free. I'm saved. I got my fire insurance. So I'm going to do what I want. Really? So you're saying Jesus' blood is just cheap and just spend it however you want. Look, you watch the passion of the Christ and it's pretty specific and pretty close to what they did to Jesus. And that was just the physical. He had known no sin and he took the sin of all the known world forever upon himself. Separation from God. So we need to understand how costly that is and stop being like, well, I'm free, I'm saved, I'll do whatever I want. Really? Because there's one of two things happening. You didn't get saved. Or you don't understand the costliness of grace. Because a lot of them will say, well, I'm saved. So yeah, I know I did that. Or I treated this person wrong. Who cares? Cover it up. Cloak it. That's what he's saying there. But he says, don't do that but as, uh, as living as a servant of God. And the definition for a servant of God is this, one who gives himself up to another's will. 
those whose service is used by Christ in extending and advancing his cause among men. That is a really good definition, and yes, I did not write it. But let's go back to it. Here's a definition of a servant of God. One who gives himself up to another's will. Okay. Those whose service is used by Christ in extending and advancing the cause among men. It's the only reason we're still here. It's a great commission. is to advance God's kingdom. We're ambassadors. So ambassadors don't give their opinion. Jesus didn't give his opinion and he was God. He is God. We just represent the kingdom. And we want to see the kingdom grow. Let's get real. If we really believe in God and He's fulfilled anything, then why are we all still here if He doesn't want all to be saved and none to perish? And the angels would love to have our mission. Again, I always want you to be burdened. I don't want you to feel bad. It's the only reason we're still here, Christians. Submitting to God, being a servant of God, extending His kingdom. We submit, your next feeling, we submit to the Savior in freedom. He's not going to twist our arms. He's not going to make us. And a lot of the times we say, I'm going to make you Lord. But guess what? Every day, Romans 12, 1 and 2, you've got to get on that altar living sacrifice and not squirm off when it comes uncomfortable and freely say whatever you want, God. Wherever you want me to go, let's do it. How do we live this freedom out in a real world? Go to verse 17. This is your homework. This is your application. You're going to have to chew on this one because he gives us four specific areas on how to put feet to what I talked to you about submitting to the Savior. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Honor God's creation. Nobody here is junk. Um, the fact he talks about in Genesis 1, 26 and 27 that you are made in the image of God and you're the only thing in God's creation that has a soul and you're the only thing in God's creation that he sent his son to redeem. Yes, there'll be a new heaven and earth and everything will be right and we won't struggle with thistles and thorns and the sweet gum trees. Okay, I'm just saying as an example, all right? But here's the deal. Everyone here is an honorable person. In God's eyes. I didn't say they acted right. Let me say that. But you are God's creation. You are not junk. And he sent his son to die and redeem you. And so guess what, Christians? Regardless of that person and authority, God wants to save them. God wanted to save you. And so honor everyone. No junk. And so honor, honor people. Love the family of God. That's either easy sometimes and hard sometimes because you know how family physically can be. Well, guess what? The family of God can be like that. And so John 13, 34 says we, we are called to love one another and we are known by our love. And so we need to honor everyone and we need to love our brothers and sisters in Christ, those that have received Christ. And that doesn't mean just this church family. That means, that means total and so we need to, that is a commandment that Jesus gave and that Peter is reinforcing. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God. We don't like that word. 
Let's understand it. Everybody here has somebody that you have feared. And I don't mean terror. I don't mean horror or any of those things that you had a healthy respect for, that what they said you did, not because of, you know you felt you were pushed upon, you respected them and those things. That's what it's talking about here. Yes, we should come to Christ and, and receive a Savior for fear of hell, eternal punishment, and separation from God. But if you're still there once you've come to Christ, it should really... He loved you so much that he sent his son to die for you and raise from the dead so you don't have to go there. That should turn into a healthy fear, respect, that guess what? God is supreme and I am not. He is in control. I will respect him. And I will respect those that are, he has placed in authority. We need to fear God We need to, in all circumstances. We need to fear him enough and respect him enough to submit to those that he's put in authority to all authority. And then last, he says, honor the king, those that God has placed in authority. When we submit and obey God's command, it shows that our faith is legit. Think about it. The only reason we're still here is to be a witness to the lost. So what do you do with a Christian that is not respectful to the authority that God has put in place? Why would they want anything? And again, we're in the dual-edged sword of America. Your vote counts. You don't like it? Run for office? Vote against it in the proper forms, whether it's the school board or whatever, speak up. But do it with respect and respect those in authority. And if you don't like it, change it. That's America. And that, that's just a double blessing that most countries don't have. But respect those. And I want you to understand, if you go back and look at the Bible, the majority of believers in the Bible were not under a democracy. It's hard for us Americans to see. When the New Testament was written, they were under the Roman Empire and 90% of the known world were slaves. They weren't. And what's interesting, when people got saved, they were talking about Christians that they eat blood and they drink blood and they eat flesh because they misunderstood the Lord's Supper and so they thought that Christians were cannibals. And then when the, the plagues hit different Towns, here's what would happen when a plague, and they have a lot of disease and stuff, and they aren't too sanitary in these towns and all this kind of stuff. And so when a disease would hit these towns with these closed quarters, everybody would leave that town like rats leaving a ship. But guess what would happen? Christians would stay and take care of people. Their witness to be known by their love. And so... What we need to understand here, last film, we submit to the Savior through honor and love. We need to honor and love God and people. So i got a few questions for you today as we get ready for our invitation. Today and this week, and I'd really be focusing on 17 this week. And again, you're not listening to me if you think I was trying to be political. You need to go vote. Didn't tell you how to do it. But you, this is your proper way to change things. Um, but today, this week, whose command are you following? I'm going to snap to when it's to my benefit. No, pay attention. Snap to God. Whatever you want, however you want it, nothing else matters. What's your motivation? If you're trying to submit to people without Jesus, good luck with that. Because it doesn't work for me. Because I'm a jerk. 
and through sin we all are, and God redeemed us into something beautiful. But if you're not seeing Jesus and seeing past whatever that authority is, good luck because it ain't going to work. And are you trying to say, well, whose will are you going with? I'll submit to them on my standards. No, he said everyone. So who in your life are you not submitting to? And then, how's your living? I'm submitting, but my attitude stinks, or my sarcasm came out, and so they know I was upset. Love. Be kind. And then, are you using your freedom to do your own thing, or are you being a bondservant and saying, God, you know better, so I'm going your way, and I'm making that choice. And then, some of you are doing really good on loving God, but doing horrible, I'm talking about myself, on honoring people. Whatever you need to do, it's a lot to chew on, but you need, when you submit to the Savior, everything starts to fall in place. And we stand to our feet, this altar's going to be open. If you, you just need to lay some stuff down in prayer, or you need to talk to me. But again, this, the first part of submission is this. If, you do not, if you've not received Christ as Savior and follow Him as Lord, that's where you need to start. And what that means, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You do not want to wait for that day because it will be too late. Realize you can't save yourself. Realize without Christ we're all jerks. And realize He came to redeem us and to make us into saints because nobody here is jerk, uh, are jerks in God's eyes when we have Jesus. And so I, if you need to get saved today, that's where you start, whatever you need to do. Lord, I pray, however we need to be obedient today, that we will follow you in your name, Jesus. Amen.